So much of the value of podcasting in B2B or brand casting, as it's now sometimes called, is in the relationships and also in the content. So those two, you know, if we're talking about kind of a fork in the road here, there's the relationship and influence marketing on one side, and then there's the content marketing on the other that are the largest part of what makes podcasting so valuable. The B2B Marketing Exchange was created with one goal in mind, to help B2B practitioners across marketing and sales be better at their jobs. Now we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. These are the tips and tools you need to succeed. This is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the B2BMX Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Claudia. And uh, for today's episode, we're bringing back one of our top-rated speakers from a few years back now for BWMX. Uh, I was lucky enough to host a panel featuring our guest today, uh, Tina Dietz of Twin Flame Studios, as well as a few B2B practitioners around the state of podcasting in B2B. It's super meta, right? So today, we wanted to come back together with Tina and almost do a bit of a a catch up as far as, you know, how podcasting has evolved, especially in our current climate that we're in with everyone working from home. And Claude, I I think we dig into some really fascinating components of podcasting strategy. What do you think? Oh my God. She shared everything from how to get started for beginners and as well as insights for people who have, you know, who are kind of already maybe veterans in the space. So tons of great insights and tons of great information about how you really could just really get the value out of a single podcast with with more content and things like that. So I love a good podcast about podcasts. So let's kick things off. Tina, it's so great to have you on the pod. Thanks so much for taking the time out. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And obviously, you're our go-to on anything involving podcasting, strategy, execution, promotion, the whole nine. So I really wanted to do a touch base as far as where the podcasting trend is going, especially in light of everyone being home right now, any new trends and best practices you wanted to share with our audience. So I think this is going to be a, a pretty meaty conversation. But let's start with the beginning, right? You know, obviously, over the past year or so, we saw a pretty significant uptick in podcasting, especially in B2B, you know, more brands trying to embrace it. And uh, now we're all home. We're not really commuting anymore, which was prime podcasting time. So would love your take on how this space is evolving, you know, any new trends that, you know, will kind of set the groundwork for our conversation today, since you you have such a keen eye and, and ear as far as, you know, what listeners are, are doing and what they want. So, I mean, what what has been taking place over the past few months? Sure. You know, data is usually slow to come out on these types of things, but what we're seeing so far is mostly that certain podcasts that are tend to be extremely popular, um, storytelling podcasts, comedy podcasts, long-form podcasting, what I mean by that are an hour or longer, is still incredibly popular, but listenership is a little bit down because people are not commuting quite as much. And some more edu- shorter-form educational content content, things that people can get quick bites on, anything, of course, related to pivoting, related to things that people need to know about working from home all of a sudden or homeschooling or anything that's incredibly topical, 
way, way high uptake in, in listenership, of course, to those particular topics. So those are some of the big ones. And of course, in you know business, we're seeing a lot overall, not just uh, dealing with COVID and, and whatnot, but Overall, seeing a lot more brands, as you had mentioned earlier, jumping into podcasting, which is about what we expected to see given the arc of the adoption of other technologies over time, how we saw blogging evolve, how we saw webinars evolve, and so on and so forth. There's kind of a typical arc of adoption of of who does what, and the larger the company it tends to be the slower they adopt new technology. And that's what we're seeing here. So now we're seeing a lot more B2B brands, Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies jumping into podcasting and also internal podcasting. Got it. That's fascinating. So quick follow-up question there. I mean, I feel like in this current time that we're in, especially, I feel like in B2B, we see people kind of fall into two camps, right? It's, you know, the companies, the the marketers that, you know, are eager and ready to try something new or jump into something because they think, okay, this is the right time to test something. And if we fail, we can just kind of adapt and learn and move forward. And then I feel like there is the other group, which, you know, people almost feel a bit hesitant, maybe even stuck, you know, that could be because of their industry or or any other circumstances within their organization that may be stopping them from trying something new or deciding to, say, dive into podcasting. Do you think like this situation that we're in now where everyone's kind of sheltering in place and things like actual events aren't taking place, so companies are, are having to allocate their time, resources and budgets towards something new, is this kind of like a prime time to figure out whether, you know, podcasting is right or or maybe test and, and see what the response is right now. I mean, again, it, it may not be a cookie cutter answer, but curious to see if you're if you're seeing more people, you know, eager to try and test and see if this will work for them. Yeah, we are definitely seeing a, a higher interest in trying things out. And I think the opportunity that gets missed is that podcasting, because you're so used to hearing podcasts that are weekly or biweekly or multiple times a week, and they go on and on and on and on forever, that particularly companies think that that's how podcasting has to be. And you can't do kind of a test of a podcast. So that is something that I want to dispel completely and loosen up the reins and bring more of a sense of innovation and relaxation around the idea of what podcasting can be, particularly on a company or corporate type of basis. So I think it's prime time for innovation because we are pivoting. We are seeing changes in how people are having to deliver content, how they're having to deliver information and communication to their teams. And the advantage of podcasting, of course, and all of that is that it is lighter in production than, say, video. It is so portable. So if there's an expectation that people are managing their own time, that they can listen on their own time, they can listen while they're doing other things, but it still maintains that intimacy and that connection because we're listening on our on our headphones and there's a bit of an art to hosting a podcast or delivering information through a podcast you know, we're not looking for announcements. We're looking for relationship in podcasting, but that's where podcasting really excels. So in times of high stress, high stimulation, like we're dealing with right now and high uncertainty, having a calming voice in your ear can make all the difference in having a workforce feel connected, feel a sense of belonging, and also make sure that there is a common thread in a company's culture. And that can happen with an internal podcast or an external podcast. 
past, as the case may be. I think we're one of the places that we're looking at in the internal podcasting world is to see you know more uh, experimentation, perhaps before a company even does an external podcast. And I think that's I think that's great. You know, we've had people say, well, now that people have less commuting time or they're pivoting to maybe finish older projects. And, you know, as we've seen at like B2B MX, when, when you um, and I were on a panel together there a couple of years ago, we saw that the audience was chock full of people that really wanted to work with podcasting, really wanted to try it, but they're so inundated with other projects and other priorities. Sometimes it's hard to get that new thing off the ground. We have a little bit more flexibility to do that. And it's totally doable from a distance with a remote team. That's awesome. And I'd love to kind of hear your perspective on how the process would actually work. You know, I know you're mentioning experimentation and and things like that, but for those now that have some time on their hands, what do you recommend would be, you know, the top step, the key steps to kind of take in the beginning? How how should they kind of flow out their, their podcast strategy during this time? Sure. And, you know, I keep hearing it's like, oh, people have extra time on their hands. I, I want to know kind of who those people it's are. It's definitely not me. It's not me. <laughs> it's not <laughs> us. So I, I have a feeling part of your listenership is like, yeah, that, that's. <laughs> but nonetheless, we we all tend to be people who are taking on multiple things and innovating no matter what we're doing. So we find the time one way or another. So a couple of a couple of ways that you can think about getting started in a experimental way with podcasting would be, okay, everybody's working from home. What are the types of communications that we want to be doing better at, or that we want to be doing more of, or that we would like in so that we don't necessarily have to be in a meeting necessarily? Can we replace a meeting that we've been having with a podcast. Let's say it's, you know, a report of some kind that get that gets delivered or that it's, you know, some kind of weekly tutorial or something. You know, can we experiment with just doing that once or more than once a week in a short form? Let's go ahead and, and record it using something like just audio on Zoom or even a, something like what we're using today, which is a system called Zencaster, or just sitting at your computer using a free piece of software called Audacity. It, just something simple and light, talking with the team, getting some feedback and seeing how it goes. It doesn't have to be to start a highly produced intro, outro, segments, musical transitions. It doesn't have to be a fat, hairy deal. Let's experiment with the medium of audio only and get some feedback. And then you can kind of expand from there. And that's where, you know, as soon as you dip a toe in the water and you start to get comfortable with the idea of it, then maybe you can move on to things like a series. And this might be for, say, a particular segment of a company, a sales team, or just the human resources side of things. Podcasts pair really well with a company that has an intranet. Uh, If there's things that you're delivering already through that medium, consider turning some of that information into audio so that it's more accessible to people. So those are some of the really kind of basic introductory ways that a company can start really low risk experimenting with podcasting as a medium. And then we can, you know, develop from there to talk about, well, what would might be an external podcast for a company? I love that. And you've also, you know, noted, noted some interesting 
things around the evolution of the podcast structure and applications. So, you know, maybe for those who aren't necessarily experimenting now and they just want to kind of do podcasts in a better way and they've already, you know, been through the experimentation process and have somewhat of an idea of where they want to go, but... What other types of podcasts or or format structures do you think are really resonating now? Obviously, you know, podcasts like the one that we are on right now, you know, that more educational top of funnel type content is great, but obviously there are more ways to do podcasts, right? So what are, what are some different things that we could uh, kind of get the juices flowing and get that creativity going? Yeah. Well, we're all familiar with kind of the, like just what we're doing now, the sit down, have an interview with the subject matter expert and have a conversation, ask questions, all that good stuff. And that is a really good format if you have great questions, which is, I know, a huge strength of yours, Lucia. Every time I'm, I listen to your show or I see you moderate a panel of the other work that you do, I'm always like, she has the best questions. She's so good oh, at thank it. Thank you. Yeah. And that, but that does take time and effort and energy to do that. And And this comes down to the team behind the podcast, whether that's the host or the team kind of crafting the podcast, just to make sure that what is getting done is interesting. You know, the question I get asked the most about podcasting is how long should my show be? And the answer to that question is however long you can be really, really interesting for and because entertainment comes first, even in an internal podcast, if you want it to be effective, you need to let your hair down a little bit and have a relationship with people. Podcasting is most often the tone of you and I sitting down, having a cup of coffee, having a great conversation. That's most of podcasting content is developing that relationship. And I'll even use the word intimacy because it comes up a lot in podcasting in building that in between the listener and the, and the people on the show. And so, you know, if you think about it in that vein, you can bring in different entertainment type of elements to a podcast. If you're already podcasting and it feels like you're not getting the traction that you want, look at the entertainment value that you're providing. We just launched a show called The Wealthcast. Fantastic company, Independence Advisors. They've been doing business for decades, just amazing people. And, you know, we're bringing in some of their kind of outside interest to the show, which uh, they have a fly fishing association. So it's one of the reasons we call the show The Wealth Cast, because casting and fishing, okay, double play on words there. But, you know, they're making some interesting analogies and associations between what happens in fly fishing and what happens in the financial world. They're, you know, having people talk about their personal stories, not just their advice. And that type of pulling back the curtain on certain things when you're on an educational show really allows the listeners to develop that relationship we're all looking for when we're podcasting. They feel like they know you. And that is so, so important. So consider uh, developing your podcast like a television, like a late night television show gets developed with segments. And you can have, you know, segments that are repeating. You can have new ones. You know, we have the Wealthcast Minute that's going to be an upcoming segment of that particular show. And that's going to be just a little nugget on a very specific piece of information. And then that little nugget will then get repurposed and turned into other things as well. So it's not just the content of the show. It's then how does this content, you know, make a difference on an ongoing basis, not just for listeners, but for your social media followers, for people reading your newsletter and so on and so forth. 
Yeah, and I'm sure we're going to want to get into that repurposing and maximizing the value of that that content piece a little bit later. But before we do, I, I want to dig a little bit deeper into these different types of internal podcasts because I, I do think those use cases are so fascinating. And even if it's client or prospect-facing podcasting, but more, I guess you would consider it more middle of the funnel or even bottom of the funnel. I mean, there, there has to be a shift, right, in terms of strategy like if we were to to follow the approach of say like a conversation you know a late night talk show who you reach out to as to be a quote-unquote guest or who you want to bring in to educate and, and entertain your audience does vary right like I'm just trying to I guess sh- show a distinction because I think a lot of people associate podcasting with that high entertainment value more top of funnel like let's get the big influencer on to talk about like some lofty topic but we can get Get pretty into the weeds with podcasting, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, you know we have, of course, the you know influencer style podcasting, and that's all fine and well and good. You know, I I'm a huge fan of that. But can we have that influencer talk about things that are not just their standard talking points? Can we have a different conversation? Take it from a different angle. You know, what are the things that they they always would love for people to know, but they don't get asked? what's kind of the motivation underneath or is there, you know, personal stories they're willing to tell, you know, even in that kind of influencer style podcasting. But, you know, what about people who are doing innovative things kind of at the fringe of an industry? What about people who are in complementary industries that are, you know, that might be bringing in a different perspective? And then, of course, there's the idea of interviewing or having conversations with current clients, with clients you want to have, with um, people you just want to know, or, you know, something just, you know, what about developing more solo communication. We rely on interviews a lot because we get nervous sometimes about how do we sound on our own and what kind of value are we going to deliver on our own. But people come for a topic, but they stay for a host. I say this all the time. They'll come to your show for the topic, but if the host isn't a good host and they're and they're not developing the the relationship with the audience, then people won't stay and listen to multiple episodes. So it is the host that is the linchpin of every show. And that is what is so important to remember, because no matter what influencers you have on, if the host doesn't have this relationship with the audience as well as with their guest, people don't come back. No pressure, Alicia. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> You're good. Yeah. No, but but I, I think you bring up a lot of really great points around the different structures and like not being afraid to go beyond what you know works because, you know, everyone loves a good Q&A. Everyone loves a good conversation, right? But I think being able to integrate those more quick bite-sized episodes, if they're of high value or bringing in different types of guests, I, I think that really helps make it feel a bit more diverse and, and makes it a bit more interesting for for the listeners, right? Like I know, for example, like Todd Henry's podcast, sometimes he'll have a guest, but then other times he'll reuse an audio chapter from his book or he'll just do like a quick 10 minute thing of like an exercise that, you know, the person listening should be doing. It's like those little ways to keep it interesting, I could imagine would be extremely valuable for everyone, especially for say, if you're doing a more uh, internal culture building type podcast for say sales right? I mean, they have so much on their plate as it is. So like you have to really make it valuable for them. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, and this is where you can bring in multiple voices as well. You know, let people celebrate their wins. Have people tell anecdotes and stories. You know, let people take off the superhero cape for a minute and talk about, you know, something that went wrong and how they ended up making it recover. There's lots of different things that you can you can bring into play here to really allow people to have this deep human connection around storytelling that is the heart of what podcasting is. That's great. And, you know, obviously we've been talking about different forms and different ways to experiment and try new things and things like that. So how does measurement kind of change when you're trying to determine what's working, what's not? How, How should podcasters kind of, you know, keep track of what's really working and what people want more of or what people don't like? How does that measurement process kind of change when you're determining success? Yeah, measurements are a, a real pain in the badinsky when you get into podcasting <laughs> in many <laughs> cases, because podcasting is mostly listened to via streaming, but the statistics show downloads. So there's some funk in there. And this is constantly something in the podcasting industry that we're looking to work out and deal with. Because in digital marketing, you know, we're dealing with, got very, very used to, you know, retargeting pixels and tracking links and views and all these other kinds of things. But with big media, you know, with radio, with television, I would even say things like, you know, billboard marketing and, you know, podcasting has some different metrics that we want to look at. And they're largely around engagement, particularly for things like internal podcasting. We can track all kinds of measurements in internal podcasting because it's an internal audience. We know who's listening. We know how long they're listening for. We know what content they're listening to. We can pull stats all day long for internal podcasting. It'll make everybody incredibly happy when it comes to measurements and statistics. External podcasting, you know, we can tell where, what countries people are listening in, what they're listening to and, you know, downloads and whatnot and which channels, the distribution channels are more active or less active. And then, you know, in terms of streaming numbers and whatnot, then it becomes a a little bit more challenging. So there's a combination of measurements that we'd like to have people think about. And it depends on the type of podcast that you have. So the podcasting that we do for, you know, business to business and, you know, podcasting for a brand specifically, we're talking about very different measurements than the Joe Rogan experience, or even someone, you know, someone like Tim Ferriss or Brene Brown or or people who have huge, huge followings that as brands in and of themselves are really more B2C. So then we're looking at a lot of download numbers, but in these niche markets, we're looking for, well, what are the opportunities that have come about because of a podcast? What doors has it opened? What relationships has it cultivated? And then the results that come out of that, because so much of the value of podcasting in B2B or brand casting, as it's now sometimes called, is in the relationships and also in the content. So those two, you know, if we're talking about kind of a fork in the road here, there's the relationship and influence marketing on one side, and then there's the content marketing on the other that are the largest part of what makes podcasting so valuable. I love that. And I guess that would be a good transition into repurposing podcasts or repurposing content into podcasts. So I'd love to kind of touch on the whole repurposing factor because I'm 
I personally am a huge fan of repurposing content, whether it's something, you know, really long and, and turning it into a bite-sized piece and things like that. So what are some best practices that you could share for organizations looking to really maximize the reach and value of either the content within an episode or a podcast series in general, or even on the flip side of how can they kind of determine what type of podcast to deliver based on, let's say, engagement with more digital content or or written content. Yeah. And this is where podcasting has to be part of a larger content strategy. What are the messages that are most important to get out? And what do we want people to know? Uh, Particularly when you're looking to showcase your values, which is a great place to, to have podcasting shine, you know, aligning your values with the message that you are putting out there through the podcast in this longer form story format. What are the other brands you want to be associated with and so on? So when it comes to actually, you know, first there's the development of the content, but let's say that's all handled. <laughs> and now we're just talking about repurposing it. I would say that there's a lot of times where the podcast content can serve as a major, if not main hub of content to develop all the rest of your content from. So for example, if we take a interview like this and we were to go ahead and transcribe it out and then turn it into a long form article, that article is probably going to be 2000 words. Easy. That's a big old juicy article. Um, You could probably turn it even into two. And then from there, not only can you use that article, you know, long form right on your blog or the show notes page for your podcast, but then you're going to have pull quotes out of that, that you can create memes and images of. You're going to have uh, short segments or blurbs, little pieces of advice that you can turn into, say, a infographic. There's going to have what we lovingly, lovingly refer to in the podcasting industry as ego bait. We all like to be showcased about the wonderful, amazing, brilliant things we say. <laughs> so, you know, the, the pulling a quote about, uh, from the host, what they're saying about the guest and turning that into an image, a poster, a meme, whatever you want to call it for social media. All of those things, I mean, are pretty endless out of just one episode. And the, of course, all the content that you can make for just longer form posts, let's say for LinkedIn, where you're going to have a bit more of a narrative post as opposed to other platforms where it's going to be much shorter or more visual. You know, it's just, I get really into it because it's, it is so endless. It is unbelievable. I mean, even being able to create video content from a podcast is a lovely pairing. And uh, there's two ways that are my favorite for that. One is using something called audiograms, and my favorite tool for this is the Headliner app. You can use it on your desktop or your phone. It's headliner.app, and this is a wonderful tool where you can pull in your podcast episodes, pull out an audio snippet, and make a little video. It'll transcribe it, close caption it for you. You can pull images in, wonderful little things, and then those little videos can be used all over social media, but they're dynamic. And so they, they're eye-catching, they're evergreen. If, the, if your content is evergreen and you want to use it over and over again, you can use it in different places. 
And then, of course, you can also uh, either the host or the guest. This is a little bit more advanced, but you could take a certain point on a podcast and see if either yourself as the host or your guest can drill down and do a quick two minute kind of talking head video. And then basically, you know, on on social media or the other channels that you might be pushing out video, that short video because people don't listen to, or people don't watch videos longer than two minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> preach. Yep. <laughs> right? People will listen to 40 minutes of a podcast episode. That's on average. That's the stat there. Two minutes for a podcast. So very different delivery system. So you don't want to necessarily repurpose your whole podcast into video. You want to pull out these little audiograms, or you want to do these short two-minute very value heavy videos where you go into a specific point and say, you know, on episode 47 of the show, we had on so-and-so talking about such and such. And one of the points we started talking about was this. I wanted to go a little bit deeper and give you a really specific action to take around this. And here's what it is. And then you go ahead and explain what that is for two minutes. And uh, you could, you know, check out more on this uh, podcast episode in episode 42. The link is, of course, here and down below. And let us know what other shows and what other guests you'd like to see on the show or, you know, whatever it is. There's a little bit a different interaction in that video and in that visual than there is in the podcast. So then you're kind of maximizing all of your platforms and all of your channels as you're going through. And there's more, but I'm going to pause there. Yeah, no, no, it's definitely a lot. And I'm so with you. Like when I think through my repurposing projects, it ends up looking like those crime scene maps where they're kind of mapping together all the evidence. It just like looks like a big old mess, but I'm like, it makes sense to me. Um, It totally makes sense, yeah. (laughs) And we actually use the headliner app. So I'm glad you brought that up uh, for our social efforts as well. It's really a really great turnkey tool. And tools like Canva as well are really great for takeaway quotes. Uh, It's like a designer tool for non-designers, which is great. Before we start to run out of our conversation, get into some of the key takeaways, best practices, and considerations for everyone listening, you know, breaking into those who are not podcasting yet and want to, and those that are doing it and want to get better. First, I do want to ask you about that balance between timely and evergreen content, because I think this is so important in any content strategy, whether it be for a broader audience or for internal. Do you have a take on like what that mix should be. I mean, obviously, if you're like the New York Times, timely is very important. Whereas for for B2B brands, um, you know, evergreen is more scalable. It's more efficient and effective for internal teams. But do you have a say as far as like what works best for a B2B organization? Yeah, I think it depends on the industry. So, you know, we work with a lot of financial organizations and there's going to be a, a strong mix of things that are foundational that people need to know that, you know, they're going to be showcasing. But then, for example, in times like this, you know, they're putting out additional content that is very specific to the market's volatility right now. So that is, you have to kind of be able to pay attention to what's happening out in the world. And I actually don't think that most B2B and business uh, podcasts do this particularly well for two reasons. One, because most business podcasts are produced and pre-recorded in advance. And that's totally understandable. People are crazy pants busy. 
And that totally works. And so the content is fantastic, but it might not necessarily be relating to the current events happening out in the world. So you, you have to be a, willing to do a little bit more of on-time podcasting or just-in-time podcasting in order to get that kind of content out there. So it's a little bit more challenging. What is another alternative to that, though, is to take a look at the seasonality of your industry. Are there things that you know are going to be coming up that you can piggyback on reliably? And that creates things that are fresher, that people might be looking for in a particular time of year, but it doesn't necessarily have to be based on, say, current events. So it's evergreen in the sense that it might happen every year, but it's fresh in that you might be releasing at a certain time of year where people are really wanting that particular type of content. So, of course, leading up to tax season is a an example of that. Another one of our shows, The Unique CPA, they, of course, touch on the things that are happening you know, as you're leading up to tax season. And some of that is evergreen. Some of that might be very, very specific to the year that they're in and the specific things that are happening that year, especially if there's going to be you know, tax law changes for that year specifically. So it, there is a nice combination that you can you can take a look at where you can still be doing a lot of pre-recording and still be serving people in a way that doesn't feel like it's dated or tone deaf in the in the case of, you know, something that might be happening in, in the media. Well, that's great. Okay. Well, great insights there. So so with that in mind, you know, our goal is to always provide practical takeaways, tips. Um, I think you've sprinkled a, a lot of great thoughts throughout our conversation, but is, is there anything else that you want to share with everyone listening right now as far as, you know, what they should be doing next, action items, things to do? Again, kind of drawing that line in the sand between the folks that are wanting to get started and those that are eager to improve their existing podcast strategy. Are there any distinct takeaways for them there? Well, I think in this particular time, one of the things I wanted to touch on was something that I saw your team doing extremely well with the podcast, speaking of evergreen content, which was taking content from a previous live event and turning that into a podcast. So this, I wanted to touch on this specifically because there's been so much happening right now around concern about scheduled live events and what are you going to do with them? And so, of course, setting aside the whole idea that, okay, we're turning a live event into a digital event, another way that I'd love for companies to be thinking is, well, what about all the stuff we already have that we may not have thought about using in a format like podcasting? For example, you know, you and I were on a panel a couple of years ago together at B2B MX in Scottsdale, and you guys did a beautiful job of pulling the audio from that panel discussion, which happened to be pretty evergreen, and turning it into a podcast episode about a year later. So I think that there are some opportunities here for companies to stop and reflect rather than like, oh, we have to create something new. Oh, we have to push forward. Oh my God, what are we going to do? Stop and reflect on what have you done well already. Take a moment to really sit back and pause and take stock of the content that you already have, of what has already gone really well, what's already been done, and then maybe see if that can be used in a way to serve people that in a whole new way, like through podcasting. So that would be one one thing I really want people to sit and kind of 
take a moment about. The other thing in terms of if you're looking to get started in podcasting, consider starting with a limited series, something that is 8, 10, 12, 15 episodes that you can put a theme around, put a wrapper around. And, you know, with say your marketing team, okay, well, maybe we could take this whole series. Maybe it's um, a series of people we really want to be talking to, icons in the industry, or maybe it's case studies of some kind. And then not only do you do a podcast series of, uh, with that, but maybe then also turn it into an ebook or some a white paper or some other type of product that you can then use and measure and have really great value wrapped inside of. So those are two in terms of getting started with podcasting that I would really recommend. For the folks who are already doing podcasting, I'd love for them to consider who else can you reach that would make a difference. If you've been doing external podcasting, really take a look at what internal podcasting could make a difference for you around in terms of building your culture, making sure uh, your us diverse and mobile now work from home workforce could benefit from by having some internal communications. And I will put one shameless plug in there that we do have a limited series coming out, walking our talk called Podcast Inc. in June that is all about internal corporate, internal business podcasting. And there's a conference coming up this fall in DC of the same name. So this is a big trend that's now happening in the podcasting industry and something I really want to bring folks' attention to because it is easy to measure in terms of metrics and it makes a tremendous difference in terms of engagement, which is something, and talent retention, which are two big things I know that companies are dealing with in a, in a major way. I love that. Yeah, those are some great takeaways for kind of both sides of, of, of the groups, whether it's beginners or veterans. But you also touched on throughout our chat today, you mentioned some unique tools and interesting kind of technology or, or platforms that, uh, that people should be using for their podcast. You mentioned Headliner, you mentioned Audacity. Are there any others that teams should kind of look into that would really help streamline the, the process of creating podcasts and even measuring them? Well, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with finding a hosting platform that's good for you. We're, we've actually just recently been asked to beta test a new platform called Podopolo, <laughs> which that's, yeah, I'm not even sure I could spell it. Yeah, try saying that five times fast. <laughs> I know. We'll make sure we have the link in the show notes. That's it. That's it. And what that team has developed is a gamified, interactive podcasting platform. It's app-based. And it's really interesting what they're doing. I'm kind of fascinated to see how that comes out because it, it allows people to really curate an audience, to offer additional interaction with an audience, to get additional statistics and uh, measurements. It's not designed for an internal podcast in terms of the privacy and safety settings that would be on that specific type of platform, but for an external podcast to cultivate an audience and a community, um, quite fascinating. That, and they're just they're just getting started in beta right now. So if you are somebody who likes new technology, that'd be fun for you guys to check into. Awesome, Tina. Th thanks so much again for taking the time out, getting down to the nitty gritty, talking shop and, and sharing some honest uh, takes on some of the uh, trends uh, that you're seeing in the podcasting world. Again, since you, you do so many different shows and you help so many different types of brands, you really have a unique perspective. Um, before we let you go, we've been asking you know some of our newer guests here uh, to participate in a bit of a uh, quarantine lightning round just to get some quick takes on uh, how, how they're all managing 
coping, coping, um, and any final takeaways? Would, would you be good to uh, go through that with us real fast? Absolutely. Right. Bring it. Awesome. So first things first, what are you watching right now? I have actually been watching 30 Rock, the comedy back from the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Throwback. I am a huge Tina Fey fan. She is my spirit animal. And uh, <laughs> I, I've really been enjoying this when watching that almost uh, every night, like savoring uh, dessert. Yep. I've been going back to Parks and Rec and New Girl. So I'm with you. There you I'm, go. I, need, I need some nostalgia. I need to go back a little bit. Are you spending any time reading? I know there are, there are readers out there. Then there are folks that are like, nope, just give me my podcast. Are, are you balancing both? <laughs> yeah, no, I've always been a huge reader, uh, fiction and nonfiction. So uh, I'm actually reading uh, Rocket Fuel. We're in a big scaling phase right now in my company. So I am doing the the CEO dance, growing into that role more and more. And so I'm uh, read, also reading Scaling Up. I'm a big Meg McCallowitz fan. So I've got Clockwork and Surge on the burner from him. And then on the fiction side, I actually read a lot of fiction. And one of my favorite authors is Sarah J. Mass and um, got her newest book, Crescent City, on the burner. Great. Uh, same question for podcasts. Business and, and not business would be great. Well, the truth of the matter is I, I mostly listen to my client shows. So <laughs> that's where I find myself uh, listening to a lot. So I mentioned the Unique CPA, the Wealth Cast, the Wild West Real Estate Show, to name a few in there. And then I've been listening and following Tim Ferriss for a long time, really enjoying Brene Brown's new podcast. And actually on the audiobook side of things, I've been listening to a series of comedy essays from comedian Ali Wong, who's hilarious. She's great. Love girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. And our final question, and this may tie into your point about listening to your clients' work, but how are you staying inspired and, and immersed in your work right now? Because I know, I don't know about you, some days I'm just like, meh. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that on, on the work <laughs> podcast, but some days it's hard, you know, when you're just going along with the day by day. So what, what do you do to stay uh, stay inspired? Well, you know, every day is very, very full. And right now our team is growing and, you know, the core of who I am is all about relationships. Best compliment I ever got was somebody called me a cross between an Italian grandmother and Tim Ferriss. And I was like, (laughs) yes, I will take it. And so it is the relationships that keep me inspired, the conversations with people like you guys and, you know, expanding our team and meeting new people, uh, having people's ideas come to life is a lot about what we do both with, you know, audiobooks and podcasting, helping people develop their vocal leadership out in the world. It's been a real privilege in this time because we're used to working remotely. I have for over a dozen years and have a, this uh, dispersed team. It's been really great to be able to go back to our clients or even former clients and say, can we help? Can we just come in and do a conversation with your team on how to talk people down off the ceiling? you know, how to work with your voice, for example, to have these challenging conversations in a time of of high uncertainty. And so I've been just kind of donating my time to certain of the organizations that we work with to help their senior leaders and, and their teams with that kind of thing, which is not something that I often get to do. And that's been a real privilege to do that in this particular time. So I, I am never bored. 
No, I love that. And it, it ties back to that point around building relationships, but that's also valuable insight for, for you too, as you continue to build your business. So that makes total sense. No, this has been great, Tina. Again, thank you so much for taking the time out, for sharing such thoughtful responses, especially as we got into the real nitty gritty stuff around repurposing. I think um, everyone uh, listening got a lot of great input, some tidbits that hopefully they can apply to their podcasting strategies. So thank you again so much for taking the time out. Oh, it's it's my pleasure. I know I'm a bit of a fire hose. Just keep in mind, you don't have to do it all and you don't have to do it all at once. Just pick something. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to have a follow-up conversation where we just focus on repurposing because that's a whole topic in and of itself. Oh, probably. yeah, it is. All right, Thank wonderful. you guys so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And uh, thanks everyone out there for listening. As always, if you have any feedback for us on this episode or ideas for another guest or another topic you want us to dig into, feel free to drop us a line on social media on Twitter at B2BMX. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please do so. That's how we keep this uh, series running and moving every week to uh, come to your ears. So as always, thanks again, everyone out there for listening and we'll see you next week.